You're listening to more conversations at the center of the movement to build connection and belonging in the lives of people with disabilities and their families. This conversation today with Nancy asks the question, is it ever too late? Is it ever too late to build a social network? Nancy answers this question and she shares her family's personal journey to build more connection and belonging alongside her son, Steve. I hope you enjoy this. I am Nancy Fuller and I am humbled to be here today just to share some of our story. I am a mom of three adult sons and a loving husband, and one of my three sons has autism. His name is Steve, and he's 26 years old. So the journey we've been on with him in our lives has been ups, downs, challenges, blessings, but overall a really good story that's forcing us all to grow. And I don't claim that we've arrived yet, but we at least at this juncture know the direction we're heading. Yeah. So Steve is 26, and you said you've been on this journey sort of growing with him, through him, because of him. So tell me, what does that look like throughout Steve's life? What does that meant, maybe from the time that he was born until today? What are some of the main growth points, would you say? Yeah, that's a great question, Katie. What I would say is, The first couple years from when he was diagnosed at just under age three, the first two years were probably just incredibly challenging as I look back. And it's because we didn't have a plan and the plans that were offered to us weren't feeling right inside and out. And it was all about just get him therapy and it it just wasn't helping him grow. So the first two years from age three to five, I would tell you he was kind of just flatlined. And he wasn't talking, he was in a diaper, he had no language, he was self-absorbed, and I knew there had to be more. So I was working full-time, two other children, but nonetheless, I kept searching. I just didn't like the opportunities that were presented in terms of solutions because I didn't see them as solutions. Mm So when I stumbled over, my cousin sent me a book, and it was called Sunrise, The Miracle Continues, and it's S-O-N, Sunrise. I read that book, and before I finished it, I knew I had to go learn about this program. So that was your first point of growth, would you say? Absolutely. Was was kind of realizing, like, none of this really feels right. These plans are, they're just off. They're not right for my son. They're not right for my family. And then what about Sunrise resonated with you? What resonated me about Sunrise was it didn't feel like we were going to force him into our world to comply in a world that he didn't understand. Mm -hmm. The whole philosophy of Sunrise is to, if you will, get down on your hands and knees, join him where he's at, not mimic him, but really try to understand what is he appreciating in this moment. And being present one-on-one was vital because you can't, with distractions, with too much stimulation, too many people, you you can't get someone's attention, particularly with autism. It's just too hard. Mm -hmm. So what resonated with me was we want to meet him where he's at, not force him into our world. And when you met him where he was, what was the journey like after that? And where was the next point of growth for you all? 
So it was pretty awesome that he started growing right away. And we only started with a team of family members. It might have been two or three, four of us. And my husband and I went away and got trained on how to run a home-based program. And we came back and we were all jazzed and we, we taught the family and we were all working with them one-on-one. -on -one. So we ran this program for approximately seven years. Mm -hmm. And so he grew a lot in that time frame, but we also knew after seven years that it was time for him to try to re-engage in the school system. So we exited the um, Sunrise program in our home when Steve was in middle school. So we went ahead and moved him into a special ed, specialized class for people on the spectrum in our uh, local middle school. And what I would tell you about that, that really was a big change, two things. The first thing I'll tell you is that the people were very generous and their hearts were all in the right place. So I never want to diminish um, any of the teachers that connected with Steve because they were all trying a lot. But what I would say is that his learning kind of went flatline again. Like before we were doing Sunrise, it was flat. And we did Sunrise and then it jumped. Then we go back to the school system, which is a group setting, and there's lots of people, lots of distractions, lots of overstimulation. And was this a separate classroom, like a special needs classroom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So he wasn't integrated in the... Um, he was not mission. integrated. Mm -hmm. And uh, occasionally a neurotypical student would come in, but not very often. And he craved that. Mm. He would even run out of the room and go up to people and just start talking to them. Sometimes appropriately, inappropriately, just to get someone else's attention. Yeah. So he needed to be stretched beyond where he was today at that time. And that just wasn't possible in the setting that he was in. So he made it through and graduated from high school. But I would tell you that period of time, I didn't see nearly the level of growth that we saw prior. What was next? Yeah, we, we were trying to figure it out. And a lot of parents, they, the, the school system kind of directs you. Mm -hmm. And they tell you to start talking to the county about your options. And we were fortunate enough at the time to get one type of waiver. And what that waiver supported in his adulthood was for him to attend adult group programs of multiple disabilities, typically. And so we didn't really know we had other options. And so we started with that. And we interviewed a number of places. We started with one we thought would work. And the ratios were too big. It was like a one to five or something. And Steve needed a little more attention than that. So even though it was very art-based, which was really cool for him, we ended up exiting there. Then he went to another adult program. And he was just with a bunch of people with special needs. He wasn't out in the community. He was being isolated. And what we noticed was he was getting bored and sometimes would have behaviors acting out. And to me, that was a direct correlation to this is not purposeful, this is not stimulating me, and I don't want to color this rock. He was communicating. 
He was communicating through his behavior. Yeah. And there's one place I have to tell you that was hysterical. <laughs> they called me up after he was doing some behaviors a couple weeks before, and I'm thinking, hmm, this isn't working. And Steve finally made the final call, and he went outside. They were walking outside, and he saw a man-made lake, and he went and jumped in the lake. <laughs> so I get that's, that. that's pretty typical for like a college age boy to do though is like this is how I'm going to rebel <laughs> that was the mass rebel yeah. and that is when we knew okay yeah so a little behaviors here a little behaviors there Steve is sending us a clear message I am done with this place. oh yeah yeah and then you're saying before you like you weren't really sure what your options were and then all of a sudden you were getting clear and direct messages from Steve, this option's not working. So you started seeking probably out some something else. And at that point, would you say it's fair to say like Steve didn't have many connections in the community or many relationships? Um, he didn't have any. Okay. He didn't have any. The only connections he had would have been with staff and some of the other members of any group program. Mm-hmm. But none of those people became really what I would call friends that we would see outside of the daycare or the grouped care. So at this point, he's probably around 25, and you're starting on a path which is towards community, and part of that is you got connected to one-on-one work with Starfire, and you started exploring that together. Yes. So do you think at that point, were you worried or were you having doubts that it was too late to start building a social network? I I did not think it was too late because I'm a believer that growth is always possible. But what I would tell you is I didn't know how to do it. So I saw the theory and I saw the concept and I started attending some community meetings at Starfire to learn more, some speaker series to learn more. And the more I learned, the more I liked it. And the more I realized, oh my gosh, it's back to one-on-one. And you know what I really realize about one-on-one that's so special? Is that that's when each of us is really seen for who we are. We're understood. And we're respected. Mm -hmm. And you start to get in any ratios that are bigger than that. And each of those items gets diluted. Mm -hmm. So I knew growth could be possible for him I just wasn't sure exactly how we were going to do it. What did it end up turning to? What path did you end up taking then? Where did you take things once you're learning these concepts and you're starting to get reintroduced to what you and Steve had done when he was a child, which was one-on-one, you supporting him. Now you're doing one-on-one with a connector supporting him. What were the steps then? Because you were saying, I didn't know where to begin. Right. We've had a couple connectors, and they started showing us the way by starting to say, we have to start with a place, and we have to start with an area of focus that they might be passionate about, Steve might be passionate about. And so as we knew he liked art, it was just about putting one foot in front of the other to say, what type of art things could we explore? And what I realized, and I realized this was the Sunrise program, and then I realized it again in his adulthood, that this was not something for me to delegate to somebody else to figure it all out. This is my journey too. And my journey is not to do all the work, but it's to 
help find the wonderful people. And my journey is to explain his passions and to watch for people that have a magnetic pull to him and help make the connection happen and then start to build the places, the choices, the contributions and gain the respect with the relationships. I think that's so powerful. You stepped into some place of ownership without being overwhelmed. You weren't saying, oh my gosh, this is too much. How are we ever going to get all this done? How am I ever going to get this done? You started seeing your piece in it. Your role in it was a, a part of it, and part of that was inviting in people to help as well. And which is what you did with Sunrise, right? With, with which tools. is exactly what I did yeah. with Sunrise. Yeah. And it, and it was the same type of inviting, welcoming spirit mm-hmm. is what I needed to do again. So it was like the whole cycle completely repeated itself from childhood into adulthood and the power of one-on-one, the power of relationships, and the power of following your passions. Those themes played out twice. How are they different this time around? Because I guess my next question there, or where I'd like to head, is who is in Steve's life now? And where does he belong? These are places that are new and different, and people that are new and different because of the one-on-one work. So how is the difference between maybe the one-on-one connecting that you did, the one-on-one work you did, or support you did as a child with Steve, and then the one-on-one work now that as an adult. Is there a different intention behind it? Some of the intentions are the same. The platform is different, and the one-on-one at home was in a dedicated playroom in a very tight window, right, of space. The adult playground is the world. It's the neighborhood and it's the world. And so the platform is much bigger and so the possibilities are much, much bigger. But the intention, I think, is very similar. It's to connect one-on-one with people, build a relationship, build trust, build respect. And what's different also is we did a lot of one-on-one with Steve in his playroom in the Sunrise program. The goal now is to do one-on-one, but to keep adding one, one at a time. Our goal isn't to go to a uh, concert and have him meet 100 people in one night. It's to meet one more person that has a connection with Steve that adds on. So it's just one at a time. And I think what can be overwhelming is to think you've got to run some big, huge program. And if you take it down... All I'm going to do is pick one sector of his life, one place to start, and one person to help me take him there. You have the intention every morning that that person is going to show up, and you follow that lead. That was so beautifully said. I think it is a long journey, and that that is one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, is kind of how you just put it. And... Connections beget more connections, but it is just taking that initial step that might be hard for people who think that it is too late. What would you say for people who say, "I, my son or daughter, my loved one is too old. They've got no connections. We have nowhere to start. What would you say to that? 
I would say that's absolutely just not truth. I understand people that would say that, why they would say it, because it's a scary thing to step out into, but it's not truth. And what I'd like to say is that one other big lesson I learned from Sunrise that's carried me forth to be courageous in his adulthood is that I learned at Sunrise when I would ask someone to volunteer four hours a week one-on-one with Steve, initially that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Why would they want to come do this for our family? But what I found after that person would leave our program six months, a year, two years away, they would sincerely tell me that they gained a lot more love and respect and just cherish that time way more than they ever gave in time. So when I realized that, I realized, oh my gosh, this is good for other people. And they will learn about just being present with one person and the power of that. So by us keeping them locked up at home, safe, we're not doing our our children justice, but we're really not doing the community justice because our sons and daughters have the ability to have a ripple effect in their own community of opening the eyes to their beauty, but they aren't going to see it unless they see it one-on-one. What would be a piece of advice that you've learned from this? What would be something that you would tell other people that's maybe been something that you've heard or learned or grown from yourself personally? Yeah, I mean, I would tell you in thinking about our conversation in advance today, it really came to me as I sat quietly this morning of what I'd like to have written on my tombstone. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm there, it's who I'm becoming. And what I'd wanted to say, Katie, is it's never too late to grow, it's never too late to heal, and it's never too late to love. Mm-hmm beautiful legacy it's a beautiful thing to it's a beautiful reminder for everyone to not get stuck yeah and it's all about who do we want to become Mm -hmm. and growth is possible but you have to open up your heart and that takes vulnerability to be able to open up your heart and take a risk by inviting someone else into your world but it'll be worth it You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. If you are interested in learning more about what Starfire does, head over to our website, starfirecincy.org. And maybe while you're there, drop us a donation to keep good work in the lives of people with disabilities and families going. 